discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same. We are constant. God is constant. God does not change. And that is the life that we have received. It says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today, and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything he is, that is why he told Abraham, he said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boatim as Christ is magnified in you. Thank you that your word proceeds with power today. And changes all our hearts. Takes us from one level of glory to the other. Even in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. I want to welcome all of you to our first online meeting. Wow. The church has come to your house. We are in your home now. And it's a blessing. Bible says in all things we should give thanks. So no matter how things go, we still give thanks anyway. Now, one of the things you need to do is to make sure you're not distracted. Make sure as the word of God comes to you tonight, wherever you are, whether it's day at your place or night in your area, make no difference. Make sure you're not distracted. Make sure that you, you tune in, you are paying attention. It's not time to be washing the boats. It's not a time to be cooking or eating or washing your clothes or talking to a brother or a friend or receiving a call. It would be good if you, you have all the attention you can have, all the focus you can have, so that you can be blessed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, some few weeks ago, I was, uh, I was preaching on the grace of God. You know, and I think I preached either three or four messages along that line. And it's been a blessing. But whilst I was preaching, like just when I started, God whispered to me that I should share on the believer's authority. So I mentioned I was going to share on the believer's authority during that period. And I didn't know it would be, it would be of great need at this point in time. But thankfully, uh, I'm going to be sharing in the next few weeks. If um, our governments do not change things in the next one week or two, I'll be sharing on the believer's authority throughout the period. So I've prepared eight messages to share with you concerning this all-important subject that will help you in this time. I believe the knowledge you need to have in this time to help you. The Holy Spirit, knowing all things, um, whispered it to me some weeks ago. And I'm glad that we have the opportunity to talk to you along those lines. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And today I want to just introduce the subject to you. I want us to start from John chapter 8, verse 32. So I'm sharing concerning the believer's authority. The believer's authority. John chapter 8, verse 32. So take your notebooks, take your pen, put your device wherever it's supposed to be. You can, you can call your family members to join you and enjoy the word, which is uh, equipped to bring you growth and bring you success. Hallelujah. So in John chapter 8, verse 32, Jesus was talking and he said something. He said that you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. It's a very trying time we are in now. And some people are bound by various things. Coronavirus, this one is coming, this one. 
You know, the funny is so funny that people are shopping. I hear people are buying meat in kilos. Yeah, they are buying meat in kilos so that they can store them in their fridge. You know, it's as though the world has come to an end. But the world has not come to an end. It's not the end of the world. It's not the end of the world at all. You know, people are, people are afraid because they don't know the truth. They don't know the truth concerning God's word. And Jesus said, you shall know the truth. And the truth shall make you free. Truth will liberate you. Knowledge of the truth. What is truth? Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. You know, Jesus is the truth. And the truth is a word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, if you read in John, John chapter 1, from verse 1, it says, in the beginning was a word. And the word was with God. Then it says, he was with God in the beginning. Through him were all things made, and without him was nothing made that is made. Then it says, in him was life. And that life was a light of men. Then if you jump to verse 14, he says that, and the word became flesh. That word, that was with God, and that is God, became flesh and dwelt amongst us. Then he says, and we beheld his glory. The glory as of the only begotten son of the father. Then he says, full of grace and truth. So he is truth. He is reality. So Jesus could say in John chapter 14, verse 6, that I am the way. Philip said, Master, show us the Father and we'll be, we'll be okay. He said, have I been so long with you, Philip, and you have not known me? He who has seen me has seen the Father. Then he told him, I am the way. I am the truth and I am the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Also, Jesus told the disciples. You know, So Jesus said that you shall know the truth. You shall know the word. You shall know me. If you know him, you'll be free. You'll be free from every bondage, every fear, every pandemic, every disease, every form of sadness in any way. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Why? Because you know him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. So the, the challenge of humanity, the challenge of most people, especially Christians, is because they don't know the truth. You can be a Christian and not know the truth. You, know, you don't know the reality. You don't have knowledge concerning the, the reality of God. You know, God says something very profound in Hosea chapter 4, verse 6, through the prophet Hosea. He said that my people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge. My people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge. So this is the time to actually go for the word. It's unfortunate that governments of the world are shutting down churches because people need hope at this time. This is the time people need hope. This is the time people need faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. But because they are not of the, of, of the Lord and they are of the world, they don't, they don't have knowledge concerning that. This is the time for the word of God to be exalted in your life. It says, my people are destroyed. If you are going to be destroyed, it is because of the lack of knowledge. My people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge. Because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject you. Thou sh- that thou shalt be no more preached to me, seeing thou hast forgotten the law of thy God. I will also forget thy children. Wow! Since my people are destroyed, they are destroyed for lack of knowledge. They are rendered ineffective. They are rendered barren because they don't know. So you have to know. That is why we are still continuing the word of God unabated. Bringing it to you like that. Because without that, you will not be free. Without that, you will not, you will not move forward. You will be destroyed without the knowledge of God's word. It's so important. This is the time for it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, and I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make an effort to bring you more knowledge concerning what God has done for you in Christ Jesus. So that you can be secured in this time. 
and so that you can you can have victory in this in these trying times. Praise the Lord. There was a man who was living like a pauper. Or was living like, this 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 is a true story that happened in America. Texas to be specific. He was eating from the dumpster, from the dustbin. You know, trying to make ends meet by selling old papers. And he was renting an apartment that where you needed to pay three dollars a week. That's cheap, 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 cheap accommodation. Sometimes you even sleep on the road. You know, you sleep outside. After about after, after some years, uh, he died. You know, and his neighbors they couldn't find him for about two or three days, so they decided to look for him. They looked for him, and when they found him, they found him dead in his bed. And they realized, you know, from the autopsy that he had died out of hunger. Guess what? Strapped around his waist in a purse. There was a purse. You know these purses that you strap around your, your waist? Was a purse that had $23,000 in there. And he had died out of hunger. He had $23,000 in his strap bag. And had died out of hunger. If you don't know you have something, if you don't know what you have, you will live like a pauper. And you will die like a pauper. Anything that happens to others will happen to you. All because you don't know. Since they know not, neither do they understand. They walk on in darkness. Why, why do they walk on in darkness? Because they know not, neither do they understand. He says, I have said that ye are gods, and that ye are all the children of the Most High God. But you shall die like men, and like one of the princes of this world. Why? Because they know not. Neither do they understand. That's in Psalm 82, from verse 6. You see. So, you have to get to know God's word. You have to, the revelation of God's word must come to you. And that's why God gives us the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is given to us to bring us revelation of God's word. To help us understand God's word. To help us see and know God's word. The art of seeing and knowing God's word is called revelation. Revelation is seeing and knowing. Do you see? And it comes with understanding so that you can, you, can, you can have a result with the knowledge of God's word. This is the time for God's word to come to you in a, in a, in a higher way. So push for it as a child of God. Do you see? Push for it. We've taught you better as, as a child of God in this system. Push for it. Get to know more. Hallelujah. Because what you don't know, you will never enjoy. If you can have money in your, in, your, in your pocket and not know you have money in your pocket. Sometimes I, 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 wear, I wear dresses and then keep money in my pocket and forget that there was money in there. They wash it and all of that. You go around, do everything. One day you put your hand, you wear that same trouser again, you put your hand inside and then you see you have about 100 Ghana cities in your pocket. Or a hundred dollars in your pocket. And it has been there all this while. And it probably, probably even has some problems now. Because you didn't know. What you don't know, you cannot enjoy. This is the truth. Thou shalt know. You shall know the truth. And the truth shall make you free. It didn't say set you free. It shall make you free. That means that, you see, someone can be in a, in a dungeon or in a, in a cell, you know, and then you open the cell. You've set the person free. You see, but you've not made the person free. Do you see? 
You can choose to be there after the dungeon has been opened because you still feel condemned. You still feel whatever case was uh, against you is still there. But Jesus is not talking about that. Jesus is not talking about setting you free. He's talking about making you free. In other words, taking you away from whatever problem you had and bringing you out of that problem into the, into, the, into the place of abundance for you to have enjoyment. That's what Jesus says his word will do for you. Hallelujah. So you must choose to go for the word. Go for the word during these times. That is the only thing that will help you. If you read in 1 Corinthians 3, from verse 8, you know, I mentioned how that the Holy Spirit is given to us to bring us a revelation of God's word. To bring us, to bring us revelation, of the, revelation of the knowledge of God's word. You know, revelation concerning what God has done for us in Christ. If you read in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 19, it says that to which that God was in Christ. God was in Christ. God was in Christ working. Doing what? Reconciling the world unto himself. God was in Christ doing something. Reconciling the world unto himself. Do you see? Not imputing their treasures unto them. And has committed unto, unto us the word of reconciliation. God was in Christ working. There's a, there's a, there was a day God worked. And he worked in Christ as Christ was moving around. Now what work did he do? What did he accomplish? What did, what did God accomplish in Christ for you and I? What did Christ accomplish on the cross for you and I? The Holy Spirit brings, you can read them in the Bible, but then you may not, you may not see it. And you may, not have, you may not have understanding as you're supposed to. Like you have in Acts chapter 8 concerning the Ethiopian Enoch and Philip. The Ethiopian Enoch was reading the book of Isaiah and could not have, he, he couldn't understand it. So Philip came close because the Holy Spirit had led Philip to come close. And Philip asked him, do you understand the thing that you're reading? That's Acts chapter 8 from verse 26. Do you understand what you're reading? And he got offended. He said, how can I? How can I? That's verse 29. Verse, verse 30. And Philip ran that to him and heard him read the prophet Isaiah and said, and said understandest thou what thou readest? Do you understand what you're reading? And he responded, verse 31, and said, how can I? Except some man should guide me. And he desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. How can I? Except some man should guide me. The Holy Spirit sends a man to guide you through the scriptures so that you have understanding. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit himself is set to, to help you understand. The Bible says, as a spirit teacher, that unction teacheth you all things. That's in 1 John chapter 2, verse 27. Look at 1 John 2, 27. It's nice. But the anointing which you have received of him abideth in you. Then he says, and you need not that any man teach you. But as the same anointing teacheth you of all things. And it's truth. And it's no lie. And even as it has taught you, you shall abide in him. So the Holy Spirit teaches you. That anointing that abides, the Holy Spirit, that anointing that abides in you. He teaches you all things. He will teach you. He will show you what to do. Now, he, he does that personally, and he also does that through men that he gives to you. So, Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 5, he says, Who then is Paul? And who is Apollos? But ministers, by whom you believe. Even as the Lord, the Lord gives every man someone by whom you believe. Someone by whom the understanding of God's word will come to you. Do you see? So, he says, I'll give you pastors after my own heart, according to my own heart, who shall feed you with knowledge and with understanding. That's why we are talking to you now. Hallelujah. So, that's in Jeremiah chapter 3, verse 15. But let's read something in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 8 to verse 12. I hope you're enjoying the word. I don't want to perish. I don't want to perish with the others. 
Yeah, there are Christians who perish because they don't know, because they don't they don't have access to the knowledge of God's word. Thank God for the Holy Spirit. Thank God for the Holy Spirit. Let's read from verse seven, so that it makes more sense. It says, "But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom, which God ordained before the world unto our glory, not unto our death, not unto our sickness." Not unto our shame and depression, but unto our glory. There's a wisdom that God has hidden concerning your life unto your glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Then he says in verse 8, he says, which none of this particular thing that God has hidden concerning your life, what God has done concerning your life, he says that he has hidden it from the prince of this world. Which none of the prince of this world knew? For had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Then he says, but as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for him that love him. You see, he says, I has not seen, ear has not heard, neither has it entered into the heart of any man the things that God has prepared for them that love him. You love God. That's why you're listening to me right now. Even though they say nobody should meet in a church service, you've gotten online and you are listening because you want God's word. You want the knowledge. It's a proof of your love for the Lord. He says, but God has revealed these things to us by his spirit. God reveals them to us by his spirit. He brings the knowledge of God's word into our lives by his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. He has revealed them unto us by his spirit. The Holy Spirit is a spirit of revelation. He helps you see and he helps you understand and he brings you knowledge of God's word. Sometimes people ask me questions. How come you remember so many scriptures? It's not because I remember so many scriptures. It's the Holy Spirit who brings them to my mind. He brings them to my spirit brings them to my heart to reveal them to me and helps me understand and helps me put the pieces together. Sometimes you can read the Bible and you can't put it together. You don't know where what's supposed to fall. You don't know what's supposed to come before the other. It will just mix up for you. But the Holy Spirit is there in your life to help you place it right. That's the ministry of the Holy Spirit. He says, but God has revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. Verse 11, for what man knows the things of a man? Save the spirit of man which is in him, or accept the spirit of that, that man which is in him. Even so, the things of God know no man but the spirit of God. There are things that God has done for you in Christ. And no man knows it. Only the Holy Spirit knows it. Because it's the work of God. The work of God is only known by the Holy Spirit of God. The work of man is only known by the spirit of man. Then the next thing he says is that, but he has revealed them unto us. Verse 12. Look at verse 12 now. 1 Corinthians 2.12. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Hallelujah. 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 So Jesus says that you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Guess what? The Holy Spirit is in your life to help you know the truth. He says that so that you, we have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit is of God, so that we, may, we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Hallelujah. hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. hallelujah. See, I will never perish in my life. Because of the knowledge of God's word. That I receive through the Holy Spirit. Yeah. I know no disease out of hell can touch me. I know no devil out of hell can touch me. Why? Because the Holy Spirit of God is inside my life. It's inside my spirit. And it's leading me and it's guiding me. Showing me what to do with my life. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Now, there are several Christians who, who reject the ministry of the Spirit by missing things like this. You see, so sometimes the announcement will come. We are doing this. Then some people will just, oh, I'm not, I'm not part of it. 
proving so stubborn. That's why if you're a leader, you must make sure every single one of your members are on. Because if they are going to be kept by God, which is your responsibility, you see, it's going to be dependent on the quality of the word of God that is coming to them. It's going to, depend, it's going to be dependent on the knowledge of God that is coming to them. They must do all you can to make sure they are online. Don't let them use data as an excuse. Don't let them use any, any other thing as an excuse. Yeah, there are various ways you can get data very easily. You have data for all kinds of things, remember. <laughs> I don't want to get into some things. Praise the Lord. So it's important. It's important that you become aware of all that God has done. And so I'm going to be sharing with you some of the things that God has done in Christ for you. When God says it, it is true. He says, you know, as I said, who has believed our report? Who has believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? He says, let God be true and all men liars, including you. God is truth. God is reality. Nothing else is real. This virus, this, all the things, it's not real. What is real is the, is the word of God. Yeah. What is real is the word of God. The word of God can rid you of all these things. The Bible says that the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. You see, that's the word of God. It is operative. If you read, if you read it in the Amplified, it's so nice. Hebrews chapter, chapter 4, verse 12. Look at it. Hebrews 4, 12. So nice. In the Amplified. For the word that God speaks is alive. It's alive. And full of power, making it active, operative, energizing, and effective. It is sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating to the dividing line of the breath of life, that is the soul, and the immortal spirit, and of joints and marrow of the deepest parts of our nature. So the word of God can go to the deepest part of your nature. If, if there's coronavirus around, it can go in there and take it out. Yeah, you see, let God be true and all men be lies, including drugs and including what scientists say. Believe God's word. Because after all, he said, and that is what can save you. You see how this thing is just messing all the signs up, messing all the doctors up. It's like nobody's finding a cure. There's a challenge. Everybody's afraid and all of that. It's to show you that life is spiritual. Life goes, can you imagine that it is actually the normal flu that we have that has mutated itself just a little bit. And we can't handle it. It just changed just a little bit. Yeah. Life is spiritual. What caused it to change? What, caused, what pushed it to change? What revelation did it have to change? <laughs> Life is spiritual. And you have, to, you have to grow spiritually. You have to cook yourself up. Spiritually. So that you can grow and do what you're supposed to do. And have the word of God work in your life. And be able to move on no matter what is happening around you. Yeah. It's the revelation of God's word that you have that makes all the difference in your life. You see. So, if you read, there are Christians who are barren in the knowledge of God. If you read in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 8, Paul says, no, Peter says, for if these things be in you and abound, they make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of of our Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, he was so concerned about the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ that he says that, I, I don't want you to be, to, be un, to be unfruitful, to be barren and unfruitful in the, not barren about something else, but barren in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Because if you are barren in the knowledge of what he has done, of what Jesus Christ has done, of what God has done in Christ Jesus for you, you will lose a lot of things. You will lose so many things. If you go up, 
go up to verse 2. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 2. He says, grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God. Through the knowledge. How does grace come to you? Grace comes to you through the knowledge of God. How does peace multiply unto you? Through the knowledge of God. Through the knowledge of God's word. You shall know the truth. And the truth shall make you free. The more you know, the more, you, the more free you become. Hmm. Whilst people are afraid, you are not afraid. Why? Because you have the knowledge of God's word. It's not because you have, you have plenty of hand sanitizers. <laughs> you, you, you sanitize your hands, you forget about your phone. You forget about your, 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 your car, your car's, uh, uh, whatever, the wheel. You forget about the, the doors. You forget about all those things. It is God who is protecting us. Not, not, I'm not saying don't sanitize. You can do all the things that you're supposed to do. But know where your real protection and safety comes from. Always know that. Grace and peace be multiplied on you through the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Of God and of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So Paul says, Peter says, I don't want you to be barren. Don't be barren. Don't be unfruitful in this particular thing called the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Because if you are barren, if you can't understand the word of God, if, this, if you are going to deny the word of God, you have problems. Things will just happen. It's not just with respect to this thing we are talking about. It's, it's like that with life. With every single thing in life. Prosperity eludes some Christians. Glory eludes some Christians. Grace eludes some Christians. Why? Because they don't know the word of God. They don't know that they don't have the knowledge of God's word. And they are not interested in going for it. The Bible says, buy the truth. That is why we are paying data to, to watch. Buy the truth. The truth must be bought. The truth must be, you must go for the truth. You must go voraciously after the truth. If you sit, it's not going to come to you. You must make an attempt to see it. Buy the truth and sell it not. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of our, of our, of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Look at verse 3. According as his divine power has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. He's given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. All that you need for your, your health. All that you need for your prosperity. All that you need for your protection at this time has been given to you in Christ already. But how do you get to know? It says through the knowledge. Can you imagine? He's talking about knowledge again. Through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue. Knowledge is a key. It's called the key of knowledge. It's a key that opens doors for you. And brings you in to enjoy what is inside the room. Without the, the knowledge of God's word, you don't have keys to enjoy what God has done for you. You must know. And that's why we are teaching you the word of God. Do you see? That's why we are teaching you the word of God. The Holy Spirit brings these things to you. So Paul prays for the, for the church in Ephesus. In Ephesians chapter 1 verse 17. says, I pray that the, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Where? In the knowledge of him. In the knowledge of him. The more he reveals to you, the more fruitful you become. The more he reveals to you, the more results you produce. The more you go for his word, the higher you go in life. I will never go down. If everybody dies by coronavirus, I'll be the last person surviving. I'll be the last person standing. No, I'm not dying now. And I'm not dying by coronavirus. No, that's not what I got saved for. I did not get saved for that. No, God has higher purposes. Yeah. He says that him whom he foreknew, them also he, he predestinated to be conformed to the image of his son, so that his son might be the firstborn among many brethren. He didn't say those whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to have coronavirus and die. No, that's not why, that's not why we came. 
Say, that's not why I came. Hallelujah. So he prays for the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of God. In the knowledge of God. In the knowledge of God. Hallelujah. Go back. Go back to Second, second Peter chapter 1, verse 3. He says, according as his divine power has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. Through the knowledge of God. The knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue. Do you see? Next verse. Verse 4. So nice. Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. That by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature. Having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Wow. wow. And besides this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue. Says add to supply lavishly to your faith virtue. And to virtue, virtue is excellence, moral excellence. And it says, and to virtue, knowledge. Knowledge, supply knowledge. And to knowledge, temperance. And to temperance, patience. And to patience, godliness. Next verse. And to godliness, brotherly kindness. And to brotherly kindness, charity or love. Then it says, for if these things be in you, they make and abound. They make you. For if these things be in you, as long as you are abounding in the knowledge of God, abounding, the knowledge of God is what causes you to walk in virtue, causes you to walk in temperance, causes you to walk in love. It's knowledge concerning his love. John said, we love him because he first loved us. Yeah. It's the knowledge of God that brings that love into your heart. If you read in Romans chapter 5, verse 5, it says, and hope maketh unashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Ghost. As soon as you get to know that, you know that the Holy Ghost is responsible for shedding the love of God continuously in your, in your heart. Hallelujah. So you know that you don't lack love. All these things that he speaks about in, in 2 Peter chapter 1, from verse 4 downwards, is actually linked to the knowledge of God. If you don't know that God has brought into your spirit temperance or self-restraint, you will not be able to restrain yourself. It's only knowledge. The more you know, the more you, you experience that's it. That's it. So he says, if these things be in you and abound, they make you. Remember, the truth shall make you free. They make you that they shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. God does not want you to be barren or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He wants you to know more and more and more and more and more and more. Just open your Bible and read. This is the time to read. Some people, some, someone was asking, oh, UEFA Champions League is cancelled. EPL is cancelled. All the things are cancelled. What are we going to be doing at time now? This is an opportunity for you to read your Bible a lot. Just read the New Testament. Read the book of Matthew. Luke, John. Okay? Mark, Acts, Romans. Just read. Study it. Read it and think about it. This is the time to have that. This is the time to upgrade yourself spiritually. That's what you should be doing with your time. Okay. Not playing him. Yeah. Because that one has not been cancelled. Yeah. <laughs> Look at verse 9. Watching movies. No, you are better than that. Second Peter 1 9. It says, But he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off. And has, and has forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. So, without the knowledge of God's word, very soon you, you forget that you were purged from your own sins. Yeah. Next verse, verse 10. Wherefore, the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, it shall never fall. Yeah. Give diligence to make, he says, supply diligence to make your calling and election sure. What is he trying to say? Is he trying to say that uh, make sure that your, your salvation is secured? No. He's trying to say, make sure the salvation you have 
comes out of your life. It's similar to what is written in Philippians chapter 2, verse 12 and verse 13. Do you see? Look at Philippians 2, 12. Wherefore, my brethren, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Work it out. Make your calling and election sure. How? Through the knowledge of God's word. Let us see that you are truly saved. Yeah. Because your faith is working. Your faith is working. It changes. It makes you different from the other person. And how does your faith work? Through the knowledge of God's word. Work out your salvation. Through fear and trembling. Then he says that not according to your own strength, but according to the working of God that is in you. For God is all the while at work in you, both to will and to do of his own good pleasure. Do you see? So he says, these things will make your calling and election sure. So that you shall never fall. You shall never fall. Next verse. Then he says that, verse 11, look at verse 11. For, for so an entrance shall be ministered unto you, abandoning in the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Do you see? You shall have keys. In other words, you shall have keys. <laughs> for so an entrance shall be ministered unto you, abandoning into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. You shall have access to every single aspect of the kingdom of God. You shall have access to every single thing that Jesus has done for you. And enjoy to the fullness of all that he has done in Christ for you. All through the knowledge of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Look at the story. It's nice. Peter says, Wherefore, I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things. I'll keep saying the same thing that I'm saying to you over and over and over and over again. Reminding you of all that God has done in Christ Jesus for you. Even though you know them and you are established in the truth, in the present truth. He says, I'll keep reminding you over and over and over and over again. So tonight, I'm here to remind you of some one or two things. Some one or two things that God has done in Christ Jesus for you. So that you will not be barren or fruitful. You produce results and move forward. And do better than you ever, you ever did in your life. In such a trying time. You will not be afraid like the others. You will not go down like the others. I'm different. I'm a child of God. I'm a child of the Most High God. A thousand shall fall by my side. And ten thousand shall fall on the other side. But it shall not come nigh me. Only with my eyes shall I behold the reward of the wicked. I'm full of glory. I'm full of glory. Hallelujah. That is why we are bringing you the word. To comfort and inspire. Give you more faith for victory. In every situation or circumstance of your life. That's why we are talking to you now. So the believer's authority. The believer's authority. All that I've said is just an introduction to the things, that, the things that I'm supposed to share with you. Now, let's look at Ephesians chapter 6. I just want to share about three scriptures with you tonight. And then we'll continue on Sunday morning. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 to verse 12. It says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. Not be weak in the Lord. Be strong in the Lord. And in the power of his might. Next verse. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Do you think what is happening is just happening? No, there are some spiritual wickedness in high places who are involved, orchestrating natural things, changing natural things to bring problems. Now, until you define it clearly in your mind that everything bad is from the devil and that everything good is from God, you've not started. 
There are a lot of Christians who think some of these things is God who does them. Brother, sister, God is punishing us. Something. God is not like that. The earlier you get that right in your mind, the better. Get that straight. Luke chapter 13, verse 1. Let me show you something. Luke chapter 13, verse 1. The devil is called the, the prince of the power of the air. This thing is flowing in the air. Who is the one causing it to flow in the air? There's a prince of the power of the air. It says they were present at that season some, some that told him of the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. This was, uh, this was something that ha- an unfortunate incident that happened. These people were sacrificing and Pilate sent for them to be killed. And all of them were killed. You know? And Jesus answered. So they told Jesus, what, what, what about those people? Jesus answered unto them. Suppose you that these Galileans were sinners above all the Galileans because they suffered such things. Do you think these people are sinners more than everybody because of what they went through? Some people say that, oh, this thing happened to this person because of what he did. Not in God's book. Not in God's book. Remember, there was a day one man who was sick of the pounce, he was dropped before Jesus. They took his ceiling off and dropped him before, 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 before him in Mark chapter 2. And Jesus told the man, your sins are forgiven you. Take up your bed and go. And the Pharisees were worried. How come this guy can forgive sins? How come this guy can forgive sins? The guy's sins had caused him to become what he had become. But Jesus was not interested in what he did. He was interested in making him free. I don't know if you understand what I'm trying to say. So God doesn't care about what, what you did. Maybe you did something and then you got HIV. Or you did something and then you got hepatitis. He doesn't care about what you did. He says, take up your bed, go and sin no more. He doesn't want you to do that wrong thing again. Because doing something wrong brings out of these things. But God is not interested in that. God is interested in your healing. He's interested in you doing well, going forward. That's what God is interested in. That's all he thinks about. Do you see? So, Jesus said, do you think it's because these guys were sinners above everybody? No. If you don't change. That's the next verse. Luke chapter 13 now, verse 3. I tell you, nay, but except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. Unless you change, everybody will perish. Everybody will die. Because the devil is wicked and he wants to kill everybody on the face of the earth. He will use anything possible to destroy. There's been so many things happening. You know? I don't know if you remember SARS. And then uh, there was this one, Middle East uh, mess or something like that. Did you hear about it? They, 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 I hear they killed all the people who got it. So that's the spread. The devil is interested in killing everybody. Next verse, verse 4. So Jesus caught remembrance, something that had happened, another natural disaster that had happened. All those 18 upon whom the tower in Sidon fell, there were 18 people in a, in a story building. And as we were in, the story building just collapsed on all of them and killed all of them. He says, do you think that they were sinners above all men that dwelt in Jerusalem? Nay, I tell you nay. But except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. There's someone behind. The Bible says, a thief cometh not but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. That's his life. He wants to destroy Everybody and everything. And he causes all these terrible things that happen. That is why we can stand in the power of the name of Jesus and address this particular thing to go and to go. I mean, by the end of the week into next week, you hear different stories because Christians everywhere in the world are praying. Yeah, because it has affected us directly. We are the ones who are not having our meetings. Every other thing is working, but not us. So it's causing a lot of Christians to come up against this particular thing. And it's going to go, you'll be surprised. It's even gone in the realm of the spirit. Hmm. So get it clear in your mind. The devil is a wicked devil. He's a bad devil. And he doesn't like 
anybody. He doesn't like any, he doesn't like any human being. Jesus said that hell was made for the devil and his angels. But the devil, guess what? The devil wants human beings in there. He wants human beings in there. So he's doing everything he can to get human beings in there. You see. So get it clear in your mind. The devil is a bad, wicked devil. Bad, wicked devil. And he's interested in destroying everybody. Okay? He's interested in destroying everybody. Now, um, go back to Ephesians 6. Let's read verse 12. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against what? Principalities. Against powers. Against the rulers of the darkness of this world. Against spiritual wickedness in high places. Spiritual wickedness in high places. These guys are in high places causing things, causing problems. Causing problems. Now, did Jesus do something about them? Emphatically, yes. Emphatically, yes. Emphatically, yes. Are we under the, the sway and the rule of these principalities and powers? Emphatically not. Why? Because Jesus did something about them. Jesus did something about them. Now, if you read in... Uh, Colossians chapter 2, verse 13, you will see some of the things that Jesus did to this group of people. All these things are caused by them. You know, all these things are caused by them. And God has, God has done something for us in Christ. Some people think that Jesus' work covered some things and did not cover some things. But his, his, his work was complete. What he came to do on the cross of Calvary was complete. When Jesus said it was finished, he meant it, it was really finished. It was really finished. Look at this. It says, and you, being dead in your trespasses and, circum- and, un- and the uncircumcision of your flesh, has he quickened together with him, having forgiven you your, all your trespasses. Wow. wow. Do you believe in God's word? Yeah. When, you, when you read God's word, believe in it. Believe what he says. Go back. It's so nice. Verse 13. And you, say and you, being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, it says you were dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, has quickened, he has quickened together with him, with Christ, having forgiven you all trespasses, forgiven you all trespasses, all your problems, all your sins, whatever it is that could have brought sickness, disease, poverty, and all those things to you. He says he has dealt with all of them, and he's forgiven you all your trespasses. The next verse, verse, verse 14. Then he says he has blotted out, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us. There were handwritings of ordinances. There were ordinances that were against us. This guy will never prosper. This guy will never go forward. Because he has done A, B, C, D. This is what this is the reward he gets for doing A, B, C, D. When Jesus came, he took his blood and cleared every single thing that was written against you. Blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us. Which was contrary to us. It was against us. And took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. Wow. wow. He took it out of the way and nailed it to his cross. Never to be given or cha- never for us to be charged with those things ever again because of his cross. Hallelujah. Next verse, verse 15. Verse 15 is what I want you to see. He says then, and having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. What did Jesus do to the principalities and powers? He spoiled principalities and powers. And he made a show, an open show of them. The Amplifier says, God disarmed the principalities and powers. 
that were arranged or ranged against us and made a bold display and public example of them in triumphing over them in him and in it that is a cross yeah so jesus did three things to them the first thing was that he spoiled them he's he spoiled them okay the word spoiled there is to strip that's what the amplifier says he disarmed them he stripped them of their clothing. He stripped them of their armory. He stripped them of every single thing that they had. Every single power that they had. Against us, he stripped them off. So all these things that are... Listen, you'll be remiss to think that this is, this is caused by nature. I tell you. Yeah. Who, who, who caused nature to do that? Haven't we been fine all this well? Everything has been fine. So who is the one tweaking nature? <laughs> Like I said, he's called the prince of the power of the air. He's a prince of the power of the air. There are spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. And they, they do these things to destroy. But their power does not extend to us. So actually, when we rise up and say that it's okay, it's okay, you've done some, it's okay. So that's why I'm telling you that between this week and next week, you'll be surprised. You'll be shocked. That's to be a different story altogether. To be a different, completely different story altogether. Just, and having spoiled, he stripped them. That's the first thing Jesus did to the principalities and powers. So as far as principalities and powers are concerned, as far as their works are concerned, as far as all the things that they will ever do are concerned, they have been stripped by Jesus Christ. They have been disarmed by Jesus Christ. They don't have any armory against us. There's nothing that they could do that will work on us. The Bible says that no weapon fashioned against you. That is, any weapon that will ever be made. You see, whatever has been made, whatever they are making, whatever will be made, cannot prosper against you. There is no weapon that is fashioned against you that shall prosper. Yeah, Isaiah 54 verse 17. No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper. And every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment, thou shalt condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. And their righteousness is of me, says the Lord. Wow. No weapon. This is clearly a weapon. It's killing. It's destroying. It's making a lot of things not work. There are a lot of economies that are going down. It's clearly a weapon that is thrown to destroy a lot of people. But it says that it shall not prosper against you. Hallelujah. Why? Because their weapons were stripped off them. Jesus stripped them off. He stripped them off. In his death, burial, and resurrection, he stripped them off of their power, of their ability. Having spelled principalities and powers, Colossians 2.15, then he says, he made a show of them openly. He made a show of them openly. He made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. He made a show of them. The word openly, openly there is paresia. It means to speak with boldness <laughs> because of the victory you have. You see, you cannot command people around if you are not their boss or if you are not bigger than them. You know, you can't do that. Jesus commanded them around, spoke to them anyhow. He made a public display, a public display, a bold display. The word parasha is boldness, boldness in speech. He made a bold display and public example of them in triumphing over them in him and in it. That is a cause. You know, in, in ancient Rome, when a general goes to war and wins. What he would do is that he would take all the he would take the king that he defeated, 
his children, his wives. Some of the people, they will kill a lot of the people and leave some of them. They will leave some of the, their generals and all of that. And walk them all the way from their country into their country, into Rome. And when they get there, they will make a show of them. That's what they will do. They will have a train. Not a literal train. They will have, uh, they will do a procession, a march to display their, their, their victory. So what will happen is that you will have the, the, the Roman Senate leading. Then you have trumpeters behind the Roman Senate, blowing trumpets and enjoying. And then you have a bull behind the trumpeters. That is going to be sacrificed in thanking their gods. Then behind the bull, you have the, the general who has overcome coming. And then behind him, you have all the, the, the slaves with the king, the captives in there. Plus, anybody, first of all, you have those, the general will be coming with those, whoever it was that was a captive of that particular group. Do you see? If, if, if uh, that was a Roman, if they had someone as a slave who was a Roman, he would liberate all of them and bring them into that particular match. And then they'll be showing themselves, we are free, we are free as they are going behind the general. And then behind them will be the king of the other group that has been defeated with all of his children and everybody, and they'll be dragging them on the floor, be, and the crowd will be throwing tomatoes and all of that at them. That is what Paul was talking about. He made a show of them openly. As far as the heavenlies are concerned, when it comes to the devil, principalities, powers, spiritual wickedness in high places, they have been defeated a long time ago. Let God be true, remember. And let, let all men be liars, including you. Let God be true. And all men be liars. This is what Jesus did. And this is, what, this is the knowledge of God's word that God is giving to you and I. That they, as far as he is concerned, they have been defeated. This is the knowledge that uh, uh, John G. Lake had when the bubonic plague came. He was not dying. He couldn't die because there's no work. There's no weapon fashioned against that work. And he knew it. The others did not know it. There were Christians who were dying. All the, only difference was that one group knew, the other group did not know. One group had heard it, but they had not believed it yet. They had not taken it seriously. They thought it was just, oh, we are just, just cliche. They are saying it in church. It's not something we are just saying in church. It is a reality. This is truth. Jesus said, you shall know the truth. He didn't say, you shall hear something in church, and it shall make you free. He said, you shall know the truth for yourself, and it shall make you free. This is the truth of God's word. He has made an open show of them. If you read Ephesians 4, verse 8. Look at Ephesians 4, verse 8. Ephesians 4, 8. Wherefore he said, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. He led a, a train of vanquished foes. That's what he means. A train of vanquished foes. He took out all those who were, who were bound. Remember, in Matthew chapter 7, uh, Matthew chapter 27, verse 50, the Bible talks about how that when Jesus died, there was a great earthquake and all the graves of the saints who had died before were opened. And they came out of the graves when Jesus rose from the dead. It's all in Matthew chapter 27. This is verse 52. He says, and the graves are open. Let's read from 50 so that they see that he is not lying. Jesus, when he had cried again with a loud voice, he yielded up the ghost. Next verse. Verse 51. And behold, the veil of the temple was rent in twain from the top to the bottom. And the earth did quick, and the rocks rent. The rocks broke into pieces. And the graves were opened. And many bodies of the saints which slept, which were dead, arose. And came out of the graves after his resurrection. They came out of the graves after his resurrection. Now, know that every single saint that died in the old could not go up to heaven because of sin that was in them. They were all led to hell, but they had a good place in hell to stay. There are three, there are 
four different, there are four different chambers in the land of the dead. It's called Hades. There's a place called Abraham's bosom or paradise. Okay? Then there's a place called the hell. There's another place called Tartarus. There's another place called Abusos. These are four different chambers. Okay? So even though they are in the land of the dead and they are kept captive there, they were. They were in a nicer place. Abraham's bosom. Hallelujah. Now when Jesus died, he went and opened that because it was still a prison. The devil was so interested in that particular place. He was in charge. They couldn't go where they were supposed to go. Jesus came, opened that particular place and released all of them. So if you read on, it says, and he came out, and they came out of the graves. That's verse 53. And they came out of the graves after his resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared unto many. They came out of the graves and appeared unto many. They were made free. Why? Because Jesus had overcome the devil and overcome everything he had. All the principalities and powers. They all went on him on that day. And he, he, after three continuous days, he just put all of them off and had the victory. And he marched them all in the open making a triumphant victory over them. If you read in 2 Corinthians chapter, chapter 2, verse 12. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse, verse 14, rather. 2 Corinthians 2, 14. Oh, hallelujah. hallelujah. This is now thanks be unto God, which always, not sometimes, always causes us to triumph in Christ and make it manifest the savor of his knowledge by us in every place. Now, what is he saying? This triumphant victory was witnessed by the heavenly hosts. Everybody saw it. And God has documented it for us to see it. Now, apart from those who were, those who were the, the captives of the devil and were made free, uh, all the people I've just mentioned in Matthew chapter 27, if you remember, they were made free and they marched with Jesus as the devil and his cohorts also marched behind them. Do you see? Now, there, there's always a crowd. There's, there are always Roman citizens who are in the crowd standing on the sides of the road looking at what's going on. Having knowledge concerning what is going on. And they are the one who pelt stones and pelt all kinds of things. Tomatoes and eggs, rotten eggs against the enemy. You know? They do that because they are not afraid of the enemy any longer. Why? Because their captain has overcome and had victory. So they know about the triumphant victory. So they are making a show of it. They are triumphing over them. Now, who are those in the stands? It is you and I. You and I are those in the stands. We are no more afraid of what the devil can do. We are not afraid of what, what, whatever it is. If someone is in chains, if it does hard to you, what will you do? You just throw a tomato into his face and throw a, 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 a rotten egg into his face. How dare you do that to me? You don't expect it. Don't you know that agenda has overcome you? It says that now thanks be to God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ and make it manifest the savor of his knowledge by us in every place. In every place. His knowledge, the knowledge of what he has done. We bring that knowledge of what he has done in every place you go to. So no matter what we find out, for instance, what I'm doing for instance, it's bringing courage to you. It's bringing confidence to you. I'm bringing the savor, the savor of God's victory in Christ to you. Hallelujah. I will never go down in my life. I always triumph in Christ. Everywhere I go, every single day, in the name of the Lord Jesus. Because Christ has overcome Listen, he beat all the principalities and powers. He beat all of them. He made a show of them openly. As far as God is concerned, that's what has happened. Yeah, that's what has happened. You better believe it. I believe it and that settles it. Yeah, that is my reality. That is my reality. This is my reality. I will never go down with any sickness, with any disease. Let me show you a scripture and look. Go to 
Luke chapter 7, verse 19. Luke 7, 19. These principalities and powers cost things. They do all kinds of things. It says, And John calling unto him two of his disciples sends them to Jesus, saying, Are thou he that should come, or look we for another? When the men were come unto him, they said, John, ba- John Baptist that sent us unto thee, saying, Are thou he that should come, or look we for another? John has sent his disciples to go and you know, see Jesus to ask him, Are you the one we should look for, or we should, or we should look for? Are you the one we are expecting, or we should look for another one? Next verse. Jesus did something. He didn't talk to them. He did something. And in that same hour, in that same hour, in one, within an hour, he cured. Jesus cured many of their infirmities. Now, this is before Jesus died. This is before Jesus died. Even before Jesus died, he had power. He had authority against principalities, against powers, and against all their works. And in that same hour, he cured many of their infirmities. And what? Plagues. This is a plague that is plaguing everybody. He says he cured them of their infirmities and plagues and of evil spirits. He cured them of evil spirits. And unto many that were blind, he gave sight. He cured them of what? Evil spirits. So every single thing that an evil spirit can cause, Jesus has the ability to cure it. This was even before he, before he died. And went to hell and beat them. Now that he has beat them, what do you think will happen? With their plagues and their evil spirits and all, the, all their power. Nothing can by any means, nothing can by any means hurt us. After Jesus had done all these things, he gave us his authority. You see, authority is delegated power. Authority. Depending on who you take your authority from, okay, you can do some things. If you look at the policemen in our various countries, you will see that a policeman, if you, a policeman does not have strength in himself to stand and block a tipper truck. I mean, no matter how strong you are, you cannot, if a tipper truck is driving at 20, 20 uh, 200 kilometers per hour, <laughs> even 20, you can't stop it. It will squash you. But the policeman will lift his hand like this in the streets. And no matter the speed of the tipper truck, it will stop. Why? Because of the authority that he has from the government that he serves. Because of the shirt he's wearing. It's all because of the shirt he's wearing. Nothing more, nothing less. He does not have power in himself to stop the car. But someone has power to punish that particular driver if he should do anything to him. If he doesn't stop. So the driver is aware. The driver knows that there's someone, there's someone who is more powerful than he is. Who is behind this particular guy. Standing in the middle of the road. So he will stop. Same thing. Hallelujah. When Jesus overcame them and all the things that he did with them, after he had done that, he used his power to, you couldn't have gone to hell. You don't know the direction to hell. You don't know how to be the devil. You don't know how to be principalities and powers. And you don't even, you've not even seen them before. Sometimes when we talk about this, people wonder, well, where are they? I, is it true? They are there. You can't even see them with your physical eye. Jesus went and beat all these people. All these individuals. For you and I. After he did that, he says that now go in my authority. Go in my name. Go to Ephesians chapter 1. Let's read from verse. Let's read from verse 19. Paul prays for the church. He says, I pray that you may know what is the exceeding greatness of his power. To us what? Who believe? According to the working of his mighty power. Which he wrought in Christ. Which he worked in Christ. When he raised him from the dead. And set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. Far above all principality and power 
and might and dominion and every name that can be named. You, you go to verse 21, please. 21. Far above our principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named. Not only in this world. Jesus has been placed far above all principality and powers. And guess what? We are seated together with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That's what the Bible says. In Ephesians chapter 2. This same place, as you read, he just, he just reads, it, reads you into it. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 4. Look at Ephesians 2 4. Oh, but God who is rich in mercy for his great love away, he loved us. Even when we're dead in sins, has quickened us or made us alive together with Christ. When Jesus rose from the dead, he says, we're raised from the dead with him. By grace are you saved. Verse 6. Then he says, and has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Where is Christ Jesus seated? The Bible says he's seated in, in heavenly places far above all principality and powers and dominion and throne and every name that can be named. Guess what? That is where we are seated. We share. We are joint sharers of his victory. His victory is our victory now. His authority is our authority now. His power is our, is our power now. If you read in, in Romans, Romans chapter 8, verse 15. Look at Romans 8, 15. For we have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but we have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry our Father. Verse 16. The spirit himself bear witness of our spirit that we are the children of God. Verse 17. And if children, then he says, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ. Joint heirs with Christ. We are, we are joint heirs with Christ. So all the victory of Christ is actually our victory. All that he did is, our, is, is for us. He's giving us authority against all the power of the devil. Why? Because he overcame them. He beat them. So he tells you in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, he says that be strong, be strong. Be strong. How do you become strong? By the knowledge of God's word that you have. He says, be strong in the Lord. Be strong in the Lord. Be strong in the consciousness of the victory that is, uh, he, has, he has accomplished for you. Be strong concerning what he has done for you. Know that it is true that he has really dealt with principalities and powers. He has made an open show of them. Triumphing over them. In it. Know that he has taken away all their power. All their... <laughs> Hebrews chapter 2. Look at Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14. Hebrews 2, 14. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself, Jesus himself also, likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death. That is the devil. He has destroyed him that had the power of death. That is the devil. And go, go to the, and deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. He says, don't be afraid of death anymore. Why? Because Jesus has the key of death now. Yeah, he has made, he has paralyzed, he has destroyed the one who had the power of death. That is the devil. So that you and I will be free. Hallelujah. And he has given us authority, he has given us a right to lift up our hands. You don't need, you don't need to be strong. The policeman is not strong in himself. He is strong in the authority of the one who has sent him. He is strong in the power of the one who has sent him. This is finally my birthday. Be strong in the Lord. And in the power of his might. In the power of his might. The word power there is kratos. And the word might there is iskus. That's a Greek word. He's talking about his, the, the height of his power. The height of God's power was exercised. Remember what we read in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 19. He says that, that you may know what is the exceeding greatness of his power. Which he worked. The, the word wrought there means to work. The power that God worked in Christ Jesus. When he raised him from the dead. 
There's a power. He exerted all his power. All his power. Let's read the Amplified. It's nice. Go, go, go. Go to verse 19, please. 19. It's nice from verse 19. And so that you can know and understand what is the immeasurable and unlimited and surpassing greatness of his power in and for us who believe as demonstrated in the working of his mighty strength. His mighty strength. Iskus Kratos. His mighty strength. His mighty strength. Which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead. And seated him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. Far above all principality and power. So God exerted a certain power. He says that you, now, be strong in that power. Know the authority, the power, the strength of the one who has called you. The one whom you are working with. The one in whom you find yourself. Amplified, Ephesians 6.10. It says, in conclusion, be strong in the Lord. Be empowered through your union with him. We are in union with him, brother. I said we are in union with him. Remember, it says that we are joint heirs together with him. All that he did is ours. It's called substitution. The substitutionary work of Christ. He did it so that you might become. Be empowered through your union with him. Draw your strength from him. That strength which his boundless might provides. He did all, all of that for you and I. I'll never go down in my life. I'll never go down in my life. Why? Because Christ has had the victory. Christ has had the victory. And he's given me his victory. I have his authority. When I lift my hand and say, no more. They cannot come. They cannot come any close. When you lift your hand and say, no more. Don't no coronavirus around me. They cannot come close to you. What is coronavirus? The big boss himself was defeated by Jesus Christ. How much more? Corona, how much more his product? First Peter chapter 5, verse 7. First Peter 5, 7. Casting on a cup on him for he cared for you. Next verse. Be sober. He says, be sober. Be sober. Be balanced in your mind. Be vigilant. Watch. Because you adversary the devil as a roaring lion walketh about. He is as a roaring lion. He is not a roaring lion. He's as a roaring lion. For instance, he's roaring right now. Roaring. But he's nothing. He's nothing. It's only, it's only those who know that he's nothing. Who know that he's nothing. It's just small screen. Nothing inside. Nothing there inside. Be sober, be vigilant. Because you are the devil as a roaring lion. Walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Then it says, whom? Resist steadfast. In the faith. Resist steadfast. In the faith. Resist him steadfastly in the faith. So he said, no. You see, you must become angry sometimes. Anger is good. Anger is good. Holy anger. The Bible says, be angry and sin not. He advises you to be angry. Jesus got angry when he got to the temple and saw the people trading in the temple. He went for kings. That was holy anger. It was good anger. There are things you must be angry at. You shouldn't be happy about sickness in your body. The day you become angry at sickness in your body, that day that sickness will go away. Yeah. He says, Whom resist thou steadfast? That is, an, that is, that is a, a, a word of action. You must be wild. If you are going to allow hypertension to stay in your body, if you are going to allow poverty to hang around you, become angry. Become angry. Become angry for once. You need to work holy anger in your spirit and address that and get out and then to get out. Address that thing and say, No more. It's okay. It's finished. That is your authority. God has given you authority against all principalities and powers. He says, be strong in the Lord. Be strong in the Lord. And in the power of his might. In the power of his might. Know what he has done. 
stand and say that this is what he did. This is the power that is backing me. The power that is backing me is bigger than the power that is backing the devil. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I don't need to do much. What he did was done for me. It's more than enough. His victory is my victory. Romans chapter 8. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hmm. Verse 35. Be strong in the Lord. The enemy is shackled, brother. He's been bound. He's been dis- his power has been destroyed. He's been rendered useless. He's been paralyzed. On Sunday, I'll show you some more. He says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress? It's like distress has come. <laughs> who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or that nakedness or peril or sword? As it's written, for thy sake, we are killed all the day long. You know, Paul was writing this during the Roman, he was writing to the Roman church and he was in Rome himself. Because, you know, during that time, they were killing so many Christians. Yeah. They were killing Christians in three different places. In the Colosseum, in the amphitheater, and then in the, uh, uh, what's it called, Maximum something. They had this, these places where they would burn about 500 Christians. Emperor Nero had burnt up Rome. He wanted, you know, his mother had raised him, telling him that he was, he was God. So he wanted to put his image as God all over Rome. And the, the, the Senate said no. So he burnt up Rome. You know? And when he was attacked, when he was questioned, he said it was Paul and the Christians who did it. So Paul was arrested and beheaded because of that particular thing. And Christians, they started persecuting Christians. The Christians were being burnt at the stake. They were being put in the Colosseum for people, for lions to come and chew in the amphitheater. All kinds of things was happening. So Paul wrote this and said, as it's written, for thy sake, we are all killed all the day long. We are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Then he says, nay. In all the... I don't think anybody is killing you now. He says, nay. In all these things, we more than conquer. We are more than conquerors through him that loved us. We are more than conquerors. Say, I'm more than a conqueror. Say it again, I'm more than a conqueror. I'm going higher and higher. I'm getting bigger and bigger. Greater and greater. Because Christ is in me. His victory is my victory. His dominion is my dominion. I will never go down in my life. I keep going higher and 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 higher. That is my life. Begin to speak the language of the Spirit right now. I have authority in Christ. I will never go down. Lero Hosha, Palegerebe, Lero Abayama, Dano Jose, Melebele, Balogoshi, Malebali. Oh, we give you glory. Maloho de Bedebede. Endo, Mani, Mene, Meno, Uza, Mani. Endo Lobo, Shandelebe. Mando, Lababa, Mande, Lababa, Mande, Lababa. Egolo, Shanababa, Lebe, Loga, Satana, Mande. We are more than conquerors. 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 Lago Shalabayaba. I'm going to dance and praise him. It doesn't matter what comes my way. The greater one lives inside of me. His name is Jesus. I'm born a winner. More than victorious. I'm an heir of his kingdom. And I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. Lago I'm going forward. I'm journeying forward. I'm getting bigger and greater. In this time of trouble, what shall separate us from the love of Christ? Hey. His love for us is exceeding and abundant than anything that you can ask or think. Hallelujah. 
Oh, we give you glory, Lord. Thank you, Father, for your blessings. Thank you for helping us and blessing us with this word. Thank you that these words are working in us. We are fruitful and productive in the knowledge of your word. Thank you, Father, for your blessings. Thank you for what you have brought to us. Letting us know that we are seated far above our principalities and powers. And every single thing that we will ever do, both in this time and the times to come. Thank you that you have taken away the power of death from he that wielded it before, which is the devil. Thank you that we are never afraid of death. We are full of the Holy Ghost. Even in Jesus' mighty name. Give the Lord a shout wherever you are. God bless you for listening. We pray that the word of God will be rooted and grounded in your heart as you give attention to the word. Kindly follow Pastor T and Love Economy Church on all social networks for more of God's word. Don't forget to subscribe to the Pastor T podcast. Simply search for Pastor T on any podcast app. Plug in and enjoy God's word. Visit our website at loveeconomychurch.org for more information. God bless.